How's it going there? Helmet to helmeters? Or whatever the fuck you want to call yourselves? I am, of course, Connor Jones, your host. You're listening to Helmet the Helmet. It's Wednesday morning, October 16th. And, uh, well, week six is in the bag for, for some of us. Um, most of us, all of us. Whether or not it was in the bag, I guess, determined is dependent upon uh, how good your team did. But it's that's uh, a rough game. I'll get into why I'm so middle of the road right now here. But uh, yeah, just another good week of football, fellas. So um, I'll uh, cut that out in the background. But it's uh, it's of course your favorite podcast that you can go and follow. On Twitter, at the helmet number two helmet, or me, your host, at rambler underscore Jones. I am at uh, your disposal for any stupid questions you have. They're all stupid. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Um, but I guess without further ado, we'll jump into a quick question. Nobody submitted one this week, so I, uh, well, I take that back. Got one last minute quick question here jace wants to know what the hell is wrong with kansas city in their backfield that's a that's a very apropos question from mr jace uh of course he's asking because he owns damian williams and uh well i care about this answer because i of course own Lashawn mccoy and mccoy looked like the hell of a pickup you know while damian williams was injured but um man i am starting to feel like the kansas city backfield is pretty emblematic of that eagles backfield i've been telling michael to get the fuck away from for a long time now we'll dive into exactly how michael did with that later but uh no it's it looks like they the team itself looks a little lost I mean, not literally because they've lost two in a row. It, They just don't look like they've got pace or balance or anything like that. Almost as if they're operating on the back foot, which is not good for their quarterback, who's dealing with an issue on his back foot. Uh, apparently, I didn't see it, but apparently it got rolled over again this week. So that's just... Duh. You know, you can have a superstar, you can have an MVP quarterback, but if they're not healthy and they're not playing right and they refuse to sit to get healthy, it's probably doing more. Like these last two wins could have, or last two losses rather, it could have been one loss if he had taken the week against the Indianapolis Colts off and tried to come back healthier. But that's just not the way that's going to work, of course. But I would say... When they start to win again, you'll see it get more clear. You might even see value for each of the running backs there. Uh, I say each because, of course, we're not talking about Denard Robinson or whatever the hell it is. Uh, the, the, quote, third man who doesn't exist. No. You'll see some value come back. Uh, hopefully, somebody... I don't say hopefully. I wish not for injuries. But hopefully there is some clarity for some reason. 
we'll just have to wait and see on that though so you know uh it's yeah it's gonna be a heck of a it's gonna be a heck of a season if they can't figure themselves out there uh already last week of course they fell from the undefeated contention and uh it's not looking super hot it's looking like they're kind of losing their way but they're not they're not the only team that's not looking super hot right now we'll get into more of that but just to kick us off here in our more traditional segments we got uh what do you live under a rock and in case you do cam will be out again because it's a bye week so don't play your panthers just heads up or your browns don't play your browns either i mean you can if you're playing against me play obj for sure i I don't mind Uh, i won't play christian mccaffrey so you playing obj and me not playing christian mccaffrey makes it more of a fair fight you got um jalen samuels is still gonna be out doesn't look like a month but it'll be a while uh Evan Ingram is optimistic to play this week. Saquon likely to play this week. Hunter Henry came back this last weekend in a big way, said he hadn't been technically ruled out, and I think it's fair to say he was definitely factored in. Chris Thompson coming out of this last weekend with turf toe. AJ Green has not been ruled out for week seven. Uh, There's a lot of speculation that he might play a game and get traded. I don't know if week seven is the game. You got Mahomes, as I said, who got rolled over again, and that ankle does seem to be affecting that offense. It does not appear to be just play calling. It's it's something's not firing right. Deshaun Jackson, Djax, he is now. Uh, there's some speculation that that's a sports hernia injury. Uh, it was previously just an abdomen, like he got hit real hard, bruised. It's uh, they're worried about sports hernia. Nikhil Harry, rookie for the Patriots, wide receiving core. He's looking like he is back to practice. Knowing the Pats, even if he gets worked into some playing time, he may not be relevant for another week. Uh, Sterling Shepard, last I heard, is they're expecting a longer absence. They just re-signed Benny Fowler, who they let go. Um, So it's like they got Golden Tate back, and then they lose Shepard, and then they re-signed Fowler, who they had let go uh when tate had come back but watch that that seems to be more than just your average concussion that's almost jordan reed-esque going on over there you got james connor who left the game a bit bruised up but this is going into a bye so i would not be worried about that either um mike williams limped off the field that's nothing new big montana as he's known by one of my favorite podcasts will disley they believe that he tore his achilles up there and up here in seattle and then you got manuel sanders who left with a knee injury amari cooper had a quad injury apparently from a major hit like a bruise uh you got jalen ramsey who just polished off his trade he's going to the rams for literally their kingdom Apparently, they're giving up two firsts and a fourth, which is, 
I mean, as a Niners fan, it just means that next year is going to be a good year too. Uh, I don't think Jalen Ramsey is enough of a correction for that team, considering he plays defense and their offense sucks. But um, good for them. I mean, they jettisoned uh, Marcus Peters, who they they sent him to the Ravens. Um, Akib Talib is on IR. I'm don't be afraid to start people against the Rams is all I'm saying. They ain't the defense they once were. Todd Gurley, speaking of the Rams, might be able to come back week seven. They're optimistic as they always are, but Todd Gurley, I, I just don't buy the hype anymore. Everyone wants to say that Todd Gurley is this like next level player. They want to say he's Zeke, he's David Johnson, he's CMC, but the, the fact is, is he hasn't been for like two years. He did it for one year. If you want to count his rookie year as well, he was pretty dynamic then, but like, cool. This is a guy who's only got two out of his five, six years that he's been relevant to the point where he made the difference for his team. He doesn't break big plays anymore. It's it's the equivalent of as in baseball when, uh, as a San Francisco Giants fan, you'd see Barry Bonds, and you'd be like, oh, cool, it's Barry Bonds. And he'd like occasionally hit a home run or two, but most of the time he'd strike out. And you're like, but we have Barry Bonds. And that's like all you got to say. So if you're a Rams fan, that's pretty much what you're going to have with Todd Gurley, unless he actually gets something figured out. I don't know if he's secretly a 70-year-old man in there, but he seems to have a lot of arthritic injuries to his legs. So moving on, Devontae Adams may be out again this week they continue to monitor that it's turf toe which is uh you know more about feel than it is about like this thing is actually healed it's it's a much more difficult injury to come back from decisively so that that's as of a tuesday night all the information i have for you of course anybody who i've said might play or could play looking like they're coming back keep an eye on the thursday wednesday thursday and friday practice reports uh that's the nature of the beast publishing a once a week podcast i can't give you up to the second results i apologize but what i can do is look at our matchups and tell you pretty much you suck or in this case who suck uh who suck chris thompson suck he sucked to three points Cooper Cup, 3.7. Joe Mixon, 4.9. Brandon Cooks, 4.7. Marvin Jones, 2.7. Mohamed Sanu, 4.4. Derek Henry, 3.8. Jared Goff, 1.1. I mean, as a 49er fan, ha, fuck you, Jared Goff. I called it. But also, wow, as somebody who, like, almost owned Jared Goff in my league, no thank you. Uh, Austin Eckler, 4.3. That's the uh, Hunter Henry effect, I'm afraid. You had uh, Zach Ertz, 5.4. Malcolm Brown, 4. So much for tur- uh, for Todd Gurley being out. Um, and I had this as Denard Robinson. I was incorrect. I was thinking of Demarcus Robinson, I believe. Uh, wide receiver, not a running back. But he got you zero. Cool. Juju got you a 1.2. The QB3 doesn't seem to quite be doing enough there. Who would have guessed? Jimmy Graham, 2.7. Jordan Howard, (laughs) 4.9. Tyler Boyd, 
2.5. Josh Gordon, 1.2. Gardner Minshew II, the stash himself, got you 4.6. Keenan Allen, a 4.3. And Gerald Everett, tight end for the Rams, got you 1.9. There were a lot of Rams involved in that. Uh, that's because my 49ers fucking crushed. And if you're a Rams fan, I'm sorry, but also suck it because my 49ers fucking crushed you. Um, I mean, no, no hard feelings, no hard feelings, but like your team sucks now and look at me. I am the captain now is exactly what the 49ers just said to you. I mean, granted the 49ers now have to go put down the Seahawks in a couple weeks, but let me ride this high. It's been so many years since I could be happy about what the 49ers are capable of. Uh, as you know from last week now, um, instead of our match of the week as a singular picked out match, I actually will go through the gambit of our, uh, well, I'll go through the whole gambit of all of our matches here, the gauntlet, if no you will. Way. I am not giving up. You have to. No, I don't. Well, I kind of wish I'd given up because, uh. In my matchup against Christian this week with a huge projection split, I lost by 1.6 points. 1.6. I was pissed. Especially because I had a Monday night player, and it was... I mean, I wasn't watching it, thankfully. I would have probably chewed my nails off, but I thought I had it. A lot of things went wrong. I'll get into it. It'll be my I Have Regret segment, but essentially... I played Chris Thompson, I had Will Disley, and of course, Will Disley is is not a, a compassionate man. He did not get a touchdown before going out of the game. He had a full goose reminder that he was not included in our You Suck segment because I will not count injuries against players uh, if they're removed from the game. That's just stupid and irrelevant. But Christian had basically just a rare boom game with Austin Hooper and Devontae Freeman. I know Hooper's been more consistent, but... Otherwise, the rest of his team was just average. I just, you know, dropped a ton of potential points by Cooper Cup getting shut out. Or not shut out, but 3.7 in uh, in the matchup against the stout 49ers. So it's just, it's what happens. A lot of bench regret, but nothing that was clear or obvious. Which is, is how you gotta assure yourself. Just, would you have really made that decision? No. Then... Forget about it. Would you have played Robbie Anderson over Cooper Cup? Fuck no. Pfft, no. Anywho, Christian has the biggest bench regret of the week, though. He had uh, Stefan Diggs on the bench with 40 points, for those of you who play half point. And uh, he still won anyway, so I'm sure he's not that worried about it. But fuck, I'm just so pissed. Oh, probably about as pissed as John is. John played Austin, who will be our uh, phoning it in guests we finally got an interview going this week but uh yeah john looked like he had the upper hand going into monday night well even going into sunday night he had the chargers defense against a third string uh quarterback there for pittsburgh and still chargers defense only got him four points so he uh he was projected to climb up out of his hole and uh and surpass austin but 
Marvin Jones Jr. on a Monday night just didn't do it for him, didn't do nearly enough. Then we had uh, Urone with Zeke and Destroy taking on Daniels Mahomes equity line of credit, of course. And uh, essentially the, the tale of this game was Matt Ryan and EZE given enough breathing room over uh, Daniels Patrick Mahomes. Alvin Kamara was just middle of the pack for, for a running back. Uh, Demarcus Robinson. I mean, he, he did have perhaps a little regret Kenny Galladay on the bench, Calvin Ridley on the bench. Um, an interesting play for sure, but it wouldn't have been enough points unless he had swapped both Juju and Robinson for the 27 points on the bench. That still would have only brought him to 99. So that's rough. He he probably couldn't have climbed out of that. Uh, then you had Nathan drop a 120 over Michael. Uh, Michael only had 78 points with that loss, and that really came on the back of Russell Wilson. You had a, a strong game from David Johnson, and then, uh, you know, average projection games for Fournette and Thielen, and just as things happen, you know, Aaron Rodgers had an okay game, but not a match for Wilson. Le'Veon Bell, despite that win over the Cowboys, um, not a strong, not a crazy performance. And finally, finally, Michael plays Jordan Howard in the game that Miles Sanders gets 16 points and Howard gets four. So I have long said, get the fuck away from your Eagles running backs. And if you are smart, you are trading them away to somebody named Michael in your league who clearly wants them. So have at it. And uh, finally, the most surprising result, I'd say, of the week was Jace, led by his 4.6 points from Gardner Minshew, toppled Paris 103 to 99. Now, uh, that that really comes down to Terry McLaurin dropping a 24 point, James Conner dropping 27, and uh, generally Keenan Allen, you know, DJ Chark, just not quite putting out the point total you, you need to beat an otherwise consistent roster that Jace finally put together here. They're few and far between Jace, and I know that your big thing's probably going to be, look, look, I, what, have won two in a row now? Let's see here. No, that's one. You, you've won one in a row, but, you know, I won't fault you for the fact that you've just won your second game of the year. Uh, obviously, coming from the guy who just lost to the win the only winless team going into this week, I don't feel like I'm in a great position to talk shit right now. But that's what happens. Now, of course, the I Have Regrets segment will be pretty focused on myself this week. I mentioned there was a little bit of regret um, in this case. A move I absolutely could have made and chose to make in the wrong direction. I had, of course, picked up Chris Thompson this week. I've already had Tevin Coleman, but I'm thinking to myself, would I rather have Chris Thompson against Miami? Like, we're talking about a team that has more or less just been a layer of asphalt for people to just climb over, drive down the road, all the way into the end zone. Otherwise, a 
historically more stout defense in the Rams, I I said, hey, I want that upside, and I played Chris Thompson, who gave me three. And there was a 10-point swing if I had played Tevin Coleman. That would have been eight points more than I needed to beat Christian. So that one hurts. I mean, I could have basically played anybody instead of injured Will Disley had I known and won. That's, I mean, that's literally all it comes down to. I had TJ Hawkinson on the bench. I maybe would have played Robbie Anderson if I had some foresight that that Goff was really going to be so bottled up uh, in the Rams 49ers matchup. But like, yeah, you're going to play, you're going to get cute and play Robbie Anderson over Cooper Cup. I, I would contest that aside from absolute need, nobody has that much foresight. Nobody is that Nobody's that fucking clever that they saw that happening so confidently that they were like, yeah, you know what? Fuck you. That's what I'm going to do. But, you know, that just happens. That's just going to happen. What I will say is uh, it's time for some killers, killer corner. Where is my drop? There we go. All right. Now, believe it or not, they're down a Sterling Shepherd. They are, well, down a fully healthy Saquon Barkley and a fully healthy Evan Ingram. But my corner killers this week are going to be Golden Tate, Benny Fowler, Evan Ingram, and a, more likely than not, but I'll say hopefully for now, Saquon Barkley splitting out of the backfield against the abysmal, abysmal downfield core that uh, Arizona's putting together right now. I mean, there's just, there's nothing there. You're seeing right now, uh, I want to say there's an average of like, 30 or so man maybe not quite 30 I think it's mid-20s in points given up to tight ends uh by by Arizona you're also seeing that wide receivers not really getting challenged um it comes down to confident quarterback play uh, if you look at their actual week-to-week matchups but I I'm predicting in fact I'm putting my money where my mouth is Golden Tate is in my lineup you will see the Giants come alive in the wide receiving passing game under Daniel Jones at center, or at, you know, under center. And it's going to be a good game. It, I think this is going to be one of those games where both defenses are so shitty that you're going to see points on either side, even though you really would normally never, ever want either one of these teams, like secondary running ba- or wide receivers. Do it anyway. You have Christian Kirk, play him. Granted, don't be disappointed if you get two, but Larry Fitz, play him. Holy shit. I would play Larry Fitzgerald in a heartbeat. But that's uh that's that's essentially the the killer corner this week. I didn't have quite as much data. I know previous weeks I've been really pulling together like height and speed, are they gonna burn them? But I'm finding that all of my uh my resources for that are are actually uh, behind paywalls all of a sudden. Uh, it's as if they saw me go to it once and now they're insisting that I pay for this shit. And I'm like, 
You don't know me. I don't pay for anything ever. Just ask my girlfriend. Uh, wife. Wow. Woo. Don't let anybody else hear that. I'm going to edit that, actually. No, I won't. Um, all right. And I guess this gives us a, a moment here for, uh, well, for our first interview in a long time. In fact, so long, I'm desperately trying to find my fucking sound effect. Where has it gone? Wow, like I literally, I don't know where it is because... 90% of the time I have no idea what the fuck I'm talking about. Cool, so I'm going to have to make this drop right now. Holy shit, filling time. Just going to play around here and say things like we also have our, uh, well, we have our trade personals that will be happening. And uh, that's going to be, of course, after our interview here. But uh, wow, there's, um, there's, there's no drop. Where's my producer? What the fuck? Okay, well, my producer's getting fired because... They're a bunch of fucking amateurs. So, uh, anyway, here's that wonderful interview without a segment drop with Austin, the other former champion in our league besides myself. All right, we are, uh, we're here on the line with Austin Machado, the proud owner of Shake It, Off, Shake it Goff. How are you doing today, Austin? Uh, pretty good. I would have been a little better if... Uh... Golf wasn't giving me a heart attack this whole game here, but yeah. Well, for for those listening at home, uh, this interview is happening on a Sunday night. Of course, we have. I want to say it's Pittsburgh versus the Chargers going on uh, as we speak, and Jared Goff just lost to my 49ers, but in spectacular imploding fashion, kind of screwed. He got you how many points there? 1.1. Oh, God. I'm All right, well. I'm huh? still disputing the fumble because I think the fumble should go against the running back, and they're still giving Goff the fumble charge. Uh, but that was clearly the rookie Henderson's fault, and um, I'm hoping that ESPN changes that as NFL has already marked that the fumble was to Henderson. Okay. You know, there's probably going to be a revision if the NFL's official marking goes to Henderson, but we can get more into what's going on this week for you in a moment to recap everybody who has been curious about how Austin's doing this year. You're four and one right now coming through this weekend. Yeah. It's been a big swing from last season. That's for sure. Yeah. I would say, uh, my, my own current situation for this week's matchup aside, we both have been on the upswing as former champions, uh, a little bit unlike the other former champion this year. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're not going to lie. It's sort of nice to watch uh, one champion uh, sort of fail. Yeah, you know, we might just have to have a, a champion's hall of fame for players who are actually good at fantasy and have won. <laughs> that's uh, that's something in the works. TB, TB released soon here. Um, I'm just trying to go historically through some of your victories here. And, uh, well... We'll start at the beginning. You had a uh, you had a pretty good game over your buddy Michael. Um, yeah, that was week one. Canadian versus Canadian here in the league. 
Yeah, you know, the question more is not who lost, but who said sorry more. <laughs> uh, you uh, you had a, a second week victory against a pretty stout team, Nathan Heads. That was that was pretty good. But um, was it week? Th- it was week three when you ran headfirst into the buzzsaw that was Paris's one hundred and eighty-one points. Yeah, I mean, the worst part about that was, like, there were still, like, six guys in the league I would have beaten if I played that week, but, yeah, I had to play the guy who got 181 points. Yep. No, that was that was my week that week as well, because I, I faced off against Nathan that week, who you had defeated the week prior. He came back for, put up a 150 on me, so it was, week three is forgettable, I think, for both of us. Yeah. It looks like on uh, on week four, you regained yourself. You had a a pretty honestly not that that big of a contention with uh daniel he you had almost tw- well about 22 points on him keep you safe and last week of course you won again and that was to paris again uh not nearly the point total that he gave you the last time uh, a third of his point total yeah, I got a little revenge on that. If you do the two weeks still added together, I still think he beat me by like um 20 or 30 points yeah i mean he good good for him for that 180 game but uh the reality is is those points don't really add up unless there's a tie so you kind of hope that you beat your guy by just the points you need right yeah and uh and this week you're facing off against john he's uh, up in my neck of the woods i saw him today actually and uh well, to start off, things looked like they were favoring you by quite a lot going into the matchup, but things things changed. What do you think really changed the, the landscape for you? Oh, I mean, it definitely always helps when um, you get your quarterback to score 30 points. So him having Watts in there in that big game where he rushed for two touchdowns. I mean, we started off like, five players versus two players in the first few games there. And we were almost tied after the first few games because of Watson and he had Chubb. Um, mm. But yeah, it sort of uh, sizzled out for him after his two big uh, plays there. And uh, we're pretty close right now. It's sort of coming up to this game and we're going to have to wait, unfortunately till Monday really to figure this one out. Yeah, I'm I'm looking here with if Austin Eckler were to end the game where it is right now at 3.4 points, your projections are just about dead even. Um uh he currently only has 81, almost 82 points. You have a full 10 on him, but he has Marvin Jones Jr. Monday night and that's that's not fun. I mean, that Packers defense has been pretty stout this uh, year so far. I mean, they've definitely given up some big games, but I mean, those big games went to running backs and I think one wide receiver had a big game against them. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it's it's a new look defense there um, that used to be that Aaron Rodgers had to be Aaron Rodgers in order for them to win games. And now Aaron Rodgers is looking more like uh, Jared Goff some games and they're still coming out. Well, uh, we, I'm sure most of us wish the best for you going into, uh, going into Monday night. Of course, when this podcast comes out, the dust will be settled. So we'll either be celebrating woohoo, or, oh, Austin, I'm so sorry. That was such a close game. Just 
skin of, who would have seen that Marvin Jones Jr. play? Wow. Uh, or wow, I can't believe he fumbled it. You know, I think we covered our bases there. Yeah, let's, just, <laughs> let's, let's play it safe here. Yeah, I'll just I'll just edit out one, one of those so that it sounds like we knew what we were talking about. <laughs> um, well, outside of fantasy for a, a moment here, how how have you been? What have you been up to? Uh, well, I mean, the big difference from this season or last season to this season is that I'm living in the, the States again, which is my first time in uh, four and a half years, almost five years being back over on this side of the world. So it's definitely been a lot easier being able to watch the games, which has been nice. And uh, even got to uh, meet up with one of uh, the league mates here to go watch a few games last weekend. Yeah, we uh, I think most of the people in the group chat got to see that one. You and Michael, of course, old friends. Uh, Michael being a bit of a he's a bit of a flight hopper, isn't he? He's always doing all kinds of stuff. So nice yeah, that he got to be in. What was that? Never know what city he's going to be in. Right? Yeah. I mean, he keeps talking about all these different times he pops through uh, Vancouver or L.A. And I'm just sitting here in Seattle wondering, OK. Thanks. <laughs> I don't know if he and I actually have a head to head this year. I think with as few people as we have playing in our league, 10 for those who keep track at home, you'd think that we get to play everyone. And I actually, oh, I, I, I play him next week. Duh. That's uh dumb on me. Um, but it's been yeah. a easy game against him this week or next week, hopefully. Knock on wood, because now I'm I'm kind of screwed with this week. I'll probably go over it in the rest of the podcast, but just to reiterate here, <laughs> I had a 150-point projection after the Pats' defense on Thursday night uh, to Christian's 90-point projection, and then I got goosed by my injured tight end, Will Disley, and Chris Thompson with a unimpressive three points so things happen that's football i mean that's that's why we play if, if it was by, based on projection we'd finish the year really really bored so want well, to do a shout out for the man who uh, broke the news on the achilles injury for disley i was a uh, dr machado there for our league uh-huh well uh does he listen is he even going to get that uh, I'll, I'll send him the uh, the link. We'll, he'll have to figure out how to use a podcast, but I'm sure he'll give it a listen. Hey, you know, anything works. For uh, for those who also share with your mom or dad when you uh, get featured on the podcast, it's on iTunes. It's on Podcast Stitcher, SoundCloud, etc. They can just subscribe, rate it five stars. They don't know what they're doing. It's kind of like stealing money from a dementia patient. Just do it. Um. Anyway, before I get a call from the SEC, um, we have uh, we have quite a lot of uh, of tumult, if you will, within the league. There's, uh, with the exception of Christian, who I thought would be zero and six after this week, currently zero and five. The uh, the breakdown of the league is kind of interesting in standings. I I went through it last week on the podcast, uh, so it, it is still the current standings. There are, I count, five. Half of our league are three and two. Uh, and only two people, you yourself included, are four and one. Um, everyone else is one and four, oh and five. 
who do you think in our league, aside from myself or you, um, who do you think is is poised to make a run towards the end of the year here in fantasy to uh, to challenge for perhaps even the full championship? Ooh, uh, honestly, I, I'm going to go with the, the guy I'm playing with, uh, Hot Chub Time Machine, run by John. Uh, I mean, if you just look at like his power four there of Watson, Chubb, Derrick Henry, and Cooks, um, I mean, he even has Devontae Adams right now on the bench because of this injury, and I think he even has Jacobs. And, I mean, that's just a power team. I think if, one, if Cooks ha- actually finds a quarterback who will learn how to throw a ball more than two feet, uh, he he can be one of the best in the league and we know and we've seen him do it and have big games and we already know Watson is probably arguably after Mahomes the best quarterback in this league I I tend to agree with you there I uh as a Cooper Cup owner I I personally hope that Brandon Cooks doesn't really start to usurp the connection that's made there with Goff but I agree I I was talking to him today as I said with Devontae Adams and Evan Ingram as well. Um, I mean, you're talking about a huge opportunity for this team to just crush um, if all the cylinders are firing at the same time. I mean, that's fantasy for you is injuries can happen and they are happening. But I agree, that's a good call. I think he's he's currently... Hmm? No, no, continue, sorry. Oh, uh, he's currently three and two amongst five of us who are three and two. And he is actually second lowest of those three and twos based on points scored. But that doesn't mean anything. Like we said, you just want to be able to beat the guy that week. So maybe he comes back and does that to you as sad as that would be for this interview. But I I like close games. I do too. Uh, usually when I'm watching you guys have close games, um, I do not need the stress anxiety of having a 0.5 spread right now. <laughs> I understand completely. I was, I told him earlier cause he was talking about how close your projection was. And then he kept flipping back to mine as the uh, Atlanta Falcons made my life harder. Um, and he kept saying, you know, well, you still could pull it out. You have carry on Johnson. You can you can get those points. That's not impossible. And I'm I'm sitting there thinking, yeah, but I don't want to worry about every single reception not going to carry on. Yeah, you know? well, it was just right now as we're talking, Chargers just scored, but the touchdown went to Hunter Henry, who I didn't even know he was back playing. Yeah, he's on Christian's bench. So that's uh just add one more to the bench regret there, I guess, for Christian. Yeah, already 18 points now. Man, Christian's team might surprise us going into the, the later half of the year with all that retard luck that he usually accumulates. He hasn't been cashing it in lately. Well, unfortunately, he needs to play the waiver wire if he wants to improve or, uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> he, uh, he's he been a little AWOL lately. We've got a couple players like that. Uh, unfortunately, that's the name of the game when we're all professionals working in our field or or you know our rice patties in the case of nathan yeah (laughs) well um 
before I get into our last segment here, a new segment I'm excited to have for each of our interviews this year. Do you have anything that you'd like to speak to, whether that's players or other members of our league, uh, non-political life events? Uh, I mean, who was just dropping this on me. I don't, I didn't prepare any notes here. You know, that's, that's okay. I just didn't know if there was some extra trash talk. If you wanted to put out a coded trade message, maybe, uh, maybe announce that somebody is on your trading block. Uh, I would say live, but this obviously is a pre-recorded interview. Um, anything like that. I mean, there's definitely a few teams who are just hoarding up some quarterbacks right now, and uh, they're definitely a little uh, running back light on those teams. And, um, I mean, did anyone watch the Texans game and see how good Carlos Hyde was? I mean... That's, uh, you know, that is a fair... That's a fair little dangle out there. Uh, to touch on the quarterback-heavy teams... I actually spoke to Yaron today as well, first time meeting him in the flesh, who uh, tried to roast me back for my my roasting him on having three quarterbacks because he seems to think that he needs to keep Drew Brees so that he can drop Matt Ryan when Matt Ryan continues to suck. Uh, but man, I, I told him straight up, I said, nobody in the league can stream anymore. Like, yeah. I mean, honestly, I think it's fine to drop Matt Ryan right now. <laughs> I mean, you would have to fight really hard to get him because you have uh, you have oh, a quarterback so need. Firepower right now. Well, and you know, Jace has quite a need in literally every position. Although, holy shit, he might pull out this win over Paris. That would be a coup. Oh, I, I didn't even see that score yet. Wow, oh. wow, wow. I'll uh, make sure to touch this one at some point in the podcast that this interview features in. So uh, I won't get too heavy into explaining what's going on there. But now for a very fun segment, I'm calling it Over Under Push, where we give our interviewee the opportunity to um, rate something as over, meaning they want to see more of it under they want to see less of it or think less of it or push it's adequate as it is and is not really worth too much thinking upon um so i guess i'll just get into it over under push being undefeated in the nfl over it's the greatest feeling in the world let's think of how many teams have done that I think two, two teams. There we go. End of story. And uh, one of them, one of those teams is going to redo it this year. Okay. Okay. I, uh, I think I know who you're talking about, but they haven't done it in the past. And that's the 49ers. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, after watching the game today, I mean, I'll push them to go 10 and 0 and then have a loss. You know, I looked at their I looked at their upcoming schedule and it's a lot of teams that had promise when their their starters were healthy but that again that's football so we'll we will have to wait and see. I did not expect them to come out of this game nearly as easily. So we'll leave that 
you say taking the over on being undefeated in the NFL. Okay. How about uh, Alabama? We're going to go under. Under. Football team, great. State, it's a third world country. So, I mean, let's push it. Let's push it. We'll go in the middle. Good football team. The state, I mean, it's got its issues. I couldn't agree more. You might say that uh, it's good at things that don't require a whole lot of thought. Football for one of them. Or brain cells. (laughs) Ouch. If only I had that banjo drop right now. Football and fishing. All right. All right. How about uh, (laughs) um, over under push Aaron Rodgers? Oh, man, this is always a tough one. Like, he's one of the best to play, I think. But he hasn't had a coach for these last few years. He doesn't have a coach this year. I'm going to push. You know, he's a Hall of Famer. I'll give it to him. He's definitely going to be first ballot in there. But the problem is, if he doesn't have a coach, he, he can't perform. That's fair. That's fair. And he's not really been, he's got almost the same problem Tom Brady has this season, where his defense does enough that he gets to suck. Exactly. Fair. Okay. Uh, here's a curveball for you. Canada over under push. I mean, do I even need to answer this? It's obviously over. Let's just think of maple syrup and the great sport of hockey where men can actually hit each other with a fist to the face and not get a penalty. I mean, they get a penalty for two minutes, but it's not like a stupid five-yard penalty type bullshit. So so you're trying to tell me that you'd take the over on a country that has a sport where they put their players in timeout? Uh, you get a, like, you're, it's like playing football, but you have knives on your feet. I know a lot of people have been stepped on in cleats who might argue, but you know what? I'll I'll leave it. I'll leave it. I will say uh, personal experience. I would have put push, and that's only because poutine. Everything else is a negative. The Eagles over under push. Uh, under. Under. They're nothing without Foles and his little trick plays and making cute catches and trying to win a Super Bowl. And yeah, we're not going to go there. I'm a little mad still. But you know... We're going to go under. The team isn't what it was. Wentz isn't the quarterback. Everyone says he is. He's been injured. He still hasn't proven it himself. Uh, the defense won their last week for them. And look at this weekend. The Vikings beat them. That's all I have to say. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, essentially, Stefan Diggs beat them, which tells you that their defense isn't what it used to be either. No, no. Even worse. Cousins beat them. Kirk Cousins beat them. Oh, man. I I was watching one of the pre-shows, and they were talking about there was a former teammate uh, of Kirk Cousins from Washington who was on the Eagles now who was saying, uh, just like throwing down the gauntlet, saying all you have to do is get to Cousins a little bit, get in his face, spook him, and he'll never perform. And, uh, whoo, man, that's that's a filthy take now. That is trash. I mean, he doesn't need to perform. His wallet's already heavy. Hey, you know, it's, uh, he doesn't need the motivation now. It's all about the pride. And when you come smack talking, you better be you better be able to back it up. And the Eagles ain't backing it up anymore. Uh, staying within the, the same division, though, 
not the Cowboys, but the Cowboy fans over under push. America's team might. Are we allowed to swear on uh, iTunes? I don't know. Oh, fuck it. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Under. Like, America's team for, what, two years in the 90s? I mean, they're pushovers right now. They just got walked over all day today and then had to, like, run it on Zeke's back to salvage anything. You know, it, that's fair. It was the only game they had on at the bar I was at earlier, and uh, wow, that was pathetic. I mean, support your team, that's fine. But, like, every time I go out and you see, like, Cowboys fans up in, like, New York City, I mean, like, they're just bandwagoners from the 90s holding on to an old dream. You know, that's fair. That's fair. I uh, I have to ask, though, based upon that assessment, if you had to pick to spend all of your time with Cowboys fans or Raiders fans, who would you choose? Ooh. I'm going to go with the Raiders because now that means trips to Vegas, and I will 100% hang out with them in Vegas. Okay, okay. So change of venue means everything in that case. Yeah. I... I will say the Oakland slash Northern California Raiders fans I grew up around obnoxious, but I've never had to deal with true, uh, you know, stupid, you know, trash cowboy fans. So we'll, we'll have to say, I don't know enough to, to weigh in on this one just yet. Um, being a champion in fantasy football over, under, or push. I'm going to go with push. I mean, it is a high. You ride that high for the eight months after you win. You get a sweet, sweet talk over all your teammates there, all your buddies in that league. But then that next season, it's just stress. And we're we're watching Jays run through that stress right now. And it breaks you. It makes you overthink the next season way too much. So I'm going to go with push. Awesome high. But those lows hurt the next season i i totally agree it would be i think it would lean to over if we all lived in the same city and could really dole out proper punishment and make everyone pay for our shit as champions but just not the same yeah all right all right the french over under or push oh god i knew this one was gonna come up (laughs) We're going to go with a way under on this one. Okay. One, I mean, I'm going to even jump away from sports here. For I'm going to jump and change sports here. We're going to go with round ball. This is a sport called real football, or as you Americans like to call soccer. But really, let's just call like the French soccer team a joke. And we'll question that uh, that. The, well, that big win of theirs this last uh, year here, but they're the most obnoxious fans in the world. Okay, okay. Now, uh, what about what about away from sports? Just the French in general, say especially those who live in San Diego. I mean, they need to really jump on that waiver wire a little quicker. There, uh, they got a strong team, and 
uh, they uh, should definitely look at uh, Carlos Hyde because, you know, uh, he's a good running back and he'll make every team stronger. A little bit of uh, testicle tickling there at the end. That's fair. You do what you need to do, sir. Just remember to work the shaft. Uh, all right. Somewhat related. I don't realize I didn't realize I'd left these two uh, together, but Paris over under or push. City, or are we talking about the Percy? Because this is going to be a completely different answer. <laughs> Give me both. Okay, we're going to go the city. I'm going to give it a strong push. You know, I've been there a few times, and I know you are a massive fan of that city. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, you know, like, it's it's overhyped. There, it has its good parts. I mean, I'm an architect. Obviously, I'm going to love it. But then there's French people. So then I'm like, hmm, maybe there's somewhere better. Uh, Paris, the our league mate here, awesome bloke. Um, I haven't got to meet him yet, but you know, he's got good banter in the league here and that's what we want. Yeah, I agree. We were talking a little bit before the, uh, the official recording of the interview and we were saying, uh, how nice it's been to have somebody to, that has been added, um, who does, you know, reach out and talk when they can much the same way that, uh, your Canadian pal Michael did when he entered the league last year, you know, not afraid jumping right in. I um, I think I got only two more for you. All right, let's do this. Let's and then if you want to, if you want to wrap it, if you want to uh, turn it around on me for a moment or two, I don't mind since I don't know that we'll have time to have anybody else interview me this season. We will see. But uh, all right, traveling abroad slash living abroad, over, under, or push. I mean. I'm going to go over Like, I'm the biggest advocate for that. I mean, I feel everyone should have the opportunity to try a new culture, try a new city. Um, I mean, get out of your comfort zone and uh, do something new. Do take a risk and try something. That's uh, a sentiment I couldn't agree more with, obviously. Uh, well, I don't know, obviously, but you and I both went to SCAD down in Savannah. I don't know that you, did you do any study abroad while you were at SCAD? You did lacrosse, I right? Did. I did. I studied in France uh, for the semester there, like many of us uh, did. Yeah, I mean, I would absolutely rate it as over, uh, mostly because, I mean, shit, um, I met my, my wife there. So you, you can't you can't push her under on meeting your wife somewhere and that only happened for me once i left the country because you got god knows that no women here have the sense to like me so um we're still questioning why she does but i mean continue you know what fair fair <laughs> low blow but fair um all right second to last doing interviews over under push <sighs> You know, I'm going to go with over, you know, you're, you're the hype man of this league. I mean, it's always great to chat with you. It's always great to hear from you. So, you know, it's been a good night uh, catching up here. We had a little talk before the interview really started. So it was great. Well, I'm glad to hear that. I, uh, I imagine the longer the interviews go before I ask that question, it'll probably go lower and lower in the over under push category. Um, I guess it's somewhat related, but, uh, Helmet to Helmet podcast, over, under, push. 
I mean, let's go over here, everyone. Go on to iTunes, Spotify, Twitch, YouTube, wherever it is, go subscribe. I appreciate the plug. I, uh, I've got some weird metrics I'll share with the league at some point and uh, on how many people listen and where it's, it's super interesting, but uh, you know, I have, I have dreams of growing this into something where I'm not just shit talking uh, to my league, but perhaps shit talking for other people to their league um, a sort of dear John, if you will, through a, a third person. But anyway, uh, I, I appreciate that. And it's always great to have these interviews happen. Finally, uh, you know, it's only week six of the NFL season and Austin, you've been a great, great guest. I appreciate you taking your time on a Sunday night as your team, you know, grinds to a nail, nail biting finish too. Um, any final messages before we, we cut this interview? Uh, I mean, it's been great chatting. I mean, it's definitely helped me uh, ignore what's been happening this last game here. So help this, the night go a little quicker. Uh, but nah, I mean, we'll, uh, send it out with the, um, who wants, uh, Carlos Hyde. <laughs> well, send any and all trade requests for Carlos Hyde to, uh, Shake It Goff, manned by Austin Machado. Again, thank you so much for joining us, sir. And uh, best of luck with with this final uh, final game on Monday night. Uh, cheers, man. I know you just heard me say it, but thank you again to Austin. That was great. Getting these off the ground is going to be a big deal to us for the rest of the season. So if I have not interviewed you, meaning everyone except Austin, be prepared. You're next. That includes you, your own. We just talked about it. Oh, I guess I kind of buried the lead on that. Had the chance to meet your own in the flesh this weekend. I met up with John and your own who was up from LA. We watched on my phone, Red Zone, to see how the 49ers were doing. Because not a single bar in the Seattle area that we were at was playing the 49er game. So that's just the kind of shit that happens when you are a rival-loving expat living in a strange land. So, fuck the Seahawks. And I'm only able to say that here because most of you are not Seahawks fans that I'm talking to. So, anyway, got a drop for our commissioner's list. Uh, well, I think it's hard because you want to make sure you have all the information. Well, yeah, you want to make sure you have all the information. Uh, and this segment is, uh, that was Roger Goodell, by the way, if you couldn't tell by the hapless sounding voice, but, um, I, I was going to talk a little bit about, um, the fact that I have not just changed some of the, you know, I, I think I've mentioned here why I absolutely fucking hate the kicker, um, and the way that we t tweaked that. Uh, to recap, for those of you who are listening for the first time, I brought down all of our kicker points from uh, three, four, and five for varying lengths of kick to one, two, and three. Just took away the amount of power that they had over any game. Um, but I was gonna, I was gonna specifically talk about some external rules, some things that you don't necessarily program into your your system, um, specifically. I've removed things like uh, the ability to veto trades. 
I've removed the one-day wait on trades. I mean, if two people consent to a trade that's supposed to be mutual ben mutually beneficial and we have removed the vetoing power, you know, it's like, why wait? Why wait? And that actually happened because I, I just feel like trades aren't like waiver wire. You're not going to... You're not going to look for somebody and you want everybody to have a fair shot and it clears all at once. A trade happens between only two people that are making the trade happen. Uh, so why why does it wait? You can make it happen anytime. If I decide that Sunday morning at 9.30 I need to trade, I want to have that player. I don't want to wait till the next day. You know what I mean? It just it simplified things. The irony being that the very first trade that happened this year, Jace, uh, in all of his in all of his wisdom and all of his natural splendor of obnoxious rule clarifying if that's what you want to call it pings the group chat and says okay so like what the fuck are there no there's no voting on trades anymore and this has been like a season and a half right and uh i had to help explain that it was unless i'm mistaken either a trade with him or with Austin or someone else a year or so prior where we all decided like yeah of course we don't want to veto it of course we don't want to wait we're we're playing a game that happens a few days a week why why push it so that you have to remember then to put that person in your lineup if it clears the morning before football games like it, it just rem the purpose of a commish and rules like this is remove complications if somebody makes a trade and it is truly unfair then you should be able to go in as a commissioner whip your balls out whip the dick out and say fuck this that don't make sense that's collusion you just you have to do it sometimes it's it's a commissioner duty so uh i just it, it's lazy to not modify these rules to a point that makes everyone else's life easier but makes the commission's life harder no shit you're talking to a commissioner who started a podcast for his fucking league do you think i want to make my life easier you're damn right but i'm gonna do what is is best for my league i'm not saying everybody go out and get a podcast because i'm also you know not saying it's crazy difficult but i'm also not saying it's the easiest thing in the world but you should be willing to uh to take on extra duties rather than let them remain automated as far as the vetoing power, as far as uh, if somebody's traveling. And I, I, I mentioned this on previous podcasts, but if someone's traveling, you go and you make sure that the people that are injured and marked out late in the week are removed for them and you put the, the player in that they have asked you to put in. I don't run anyone else's team. I also don't just go in and do that unless they have asked me to do it before because... I'm not playing favorites, you know, like, I mean, let me know, I'll watch out, but after that, uh, bye, whoops, you forgot, you better tell the league, let them decide, because that's not up to me, anyway, I have digressed quite a bit, uh, I also failed to put together a, uh, a background song to play during our, uh, no, that's not true. We liked what we played last year. I said I liked what we played last last time. Uh, because it is, of course, 
trade personals. So, uh, well, we got, uh, we got a few people who have, I've put together, uh, an official, <laughs> an official, uh, trade survey, I guess, to help me help you find the match you deserve. Uh, think of me as tradematch.com. Um, so, the first one we got here, this is, uh, <laughs> oh, fuck. So this is a, uh, a, a real special player, emphasis on special, uh, in the shit show, and they're looking for somebody who is really interested to take on literally everything like they they don't want to hold anything back anything that they have is on the block is is what they're saying um and what they're really hoping for is somebody who's also willing to invest everything uh you know i'll, I'll cut through the the special lingo that our algorithm creates here but essentially they are looking for a straight-up partner swap. Like, just one for one. You take literally everything, and he'll take it, you know, make sure it's a butterface. Like, give him something that looks a little nice, and... Oh, I can't even make this a joke anymore. Jace's team is so bad that he made his trade offers a joke. He... Oh, he's getting rid of his whole... He wants to get rid of his whole team, and he just wants a new team. Which is funny, and I appreciate that, Jace, but... This is supposed to be my way to be funny, not you being funny. Hmm. I'm going to pout now. Uh, now I have a, a slightly older listing here, but uh, not older as in an older gentleman. Uh, if you're interested in that, there is a separate list of our Fantasy Football League players who I could give to the discerning young man or lady who's looking for, for an, an older, sophisticated gent. Uh... But this is an older listing and well this person says that they have a couple of wide receivers that just haven't been attentive enough not consistent enough and they've they've watched as their team has had uh, difficulty staying valuable week to week in a way that they can win off of you know booming and busting is great when you have the the luxury of reading the waiver wire or reading the matchups and saying yeah this is a great risk to have so a uh they say that you know mike evans and dj chark uh are both up and obviously dj chark is a, a fresh young face if you're a if you're into the johnny come latelys uh and they're they're really just looking for a solid running back that can partner well with the rebuilt and healed Saquon um, you know like a somebody who's still not on their feet may have a little bit of a shaky looking future someone like Melvin Gordon who may very well be traded since he's on the last year of his contract and uh, of course to, to clarify this is this is for the shit show this is somebody who's out there saying you know please I I want to make this special connection. Let me fill your needs 
with my Mike Evans and my DJ Chark and fill me up with Melvin Gordon or any other startable running back. And uh, I think that's really sweet. That's a great sentiment. And hopefully we can find you the right match. Uh, our algorithms will, will work hard on that. But also, y'all are fucks for how little you, you talk trade. Like, I've heard some stories, y'all. Uh, <laughs> I mean, that's... That's kind of the point that I like in fantasy football is that you can trade, you can mix it up, like making something crazy, make it happen, make it weird. Because when's the next time you're going to have what you, you, oh, I'm sorry, you're three and three and you don't want to trade because you're afraid that your team that's been performing an average is going to suddenly blow up and get that much better. I mean, it, I won't say it doesn't happen, but I'm also not going to say that you're really going to screw your chances by making a equal and mutually beneficial trade. Like, go out there. That's the fun part. You trade a new player. You get excited. You know, you have a hard-on for them for the first week. They, they totally bomb you, and then you get pissed, and you move on. Or you trade for Lamar Jackson. You give up a player who's on bye. You get Lamar Jackson to drop you 30 points, and you still lose your matchup. You know, like, now I have a hole at tight end. What am I going to do? I'm going to go trade Lamar Jackson for a tight end. No, I'm, I'm actually not. But there's the point of trading is it makes things interesting. If I wanted to sit on the team I drafted, I would know that I'm going to perform a certain way all year. Go out and draft. Who knows? You might find your true love. You might find somebody you can trade with for the rest of your life. You may find somebody you want to draft every year. You know, do you think I just stumbled onto Gronk? No, I didn't trade for him either, but you know, it was a conscious choice. I said, I like long walks on the Miami beach where this guy is picking up women and just kind of throwing them around in a very reckless manner that may very well in another life have gotten him suspended. I saw somebody who was a walking man-child, and I said, that looks like fun. Yes, please, I'll have you for three games a year before you get injured. But you're never going to know if you continue to pick up your Alabama grads, or if you... No, fuck it, I'm trying to make this sound important. Trading is fun. It makes things interesting. It's really not anything more than that. You can make your team better. You can be crafty. Feel like you're outsmarting someone. You can literally... You can do what our... Oh, I don't want to get political. You can work at the art of the deal, if you catch what I'm saying, uh, and pretend that you are very good at business and that trades are, are very easy and easy to win. So do it. Do it. I mean, shit. There's a whole Twitter devoted to how easy things like this are to win. So, you know, go. Have fun. Trade. And in case you need it, the motivation is right here. Go out and find that player on the other team and just say, I want you. Have a good night.